Hello, everyone, and welcome to this podcast. Um, I am joined today by the amazing Guy Stapleford. Um, this will, hopefully, this is the second time we've done this. We've had some technical issues, and we're having technical issues to start this. Hopefully, this will be right. This is going to be a video and podcast. I'm going to try and get this one up on YouTube as well. So, um, fingers crossed that my cameras work. But Guy, I met Guy um, last year. The first time we met was at an airport. Um, we'd spoken over social media before, but we met at an airport and decided to go to Vontu and ride up a mountain on some hired bikes that weren't suited for any of us at the time. Um, but it was a challenge. We both jumped in and we'll get into that. But I'm just going to throw it over to Guy and Guy's going to give himself a quick breakdown of who he is and what he does. Uh, thanks, so uh, Yeah, right. yeah. Um, so uh, my name's Guy. I am uh, a cyclist and a runner uh, and uh, just doing what I love, really. Uh, I found running and cycling about three years ago. Um, went through a, a difficult period in my life and it saved my life, really. So, yeah, uh, three years on, uh, I've climbed, climbed one to a fill and, and here we are. Uh, so yeah, so that's a brief intro. It's a, it's a brief thing from Guy because we're gonna we're gonna delve into to what it is because I obviously I know Guy and we, we spoke on social media. We've met, we've cycled together, and we've trained a little bit down here. Not we, it was a cold day that we went out when we come down here. Um, yeah. I introduced Guy to the world of the flat cycling because where I live it's <laughs> flat and where Guy lives it's not so flat. So it was nice to get out, have a flat ride, go to get coffee, and then ca- carry on again. But um, yeah. as Guy said, he got into cycling three years ago, and I've heard a bit where he's done a podcast before for. Um, spokes performance that we'll get into as well and i kind of listened to his performance on there and, and the well, the raw emotion that guy shows he's not he's not one of these that hides if you follow his social media um his posts are raw they're him there's no no hidden agendas there's no nothing he's just who he is he does what he does he says he's a runner and a cyclist but he's also wearing triathlete gear so we know somewhere down that line there will be some kind of triathlon coming in, and I'm sure we'll get into that. I mean, I got offered, a, someone said to me yesterday, when are you going to do a triathlon? I was like, oh, well, uh, don't run, don't swim. So uh, probably never. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's just not made for me. But um, as Guy said, he got into cycling, and I know how he got into cycling, is for his mental health, which is obviously a big factor that I like to talk about. Um, we had Susan on the last podcast we spoke about there, and social media presence and training and body image and things like that. And it's that kind of thing we want to get down to. So I know... <laughs> you had a difficult time with alcohol, which is kind of where your dark place was. So we'll start there because a lot of people have alcohol issues, especially with the lockdown. We know that alcohol is something that's posted on social media quite a lot now. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think alcohol is one of those things that it's an easy crutch. You know, I think uh, as people, we need something and everyone's got, got a thing they rely on. Uh, For some of us, it's alcohol because it's an, it's an easy it's an easy thing to grab and it makes you feel good for a time. Uh, and I think that's what I used it for. You know, I, I, I've got a slightly obsessive personality and I think Phil, we've kind of talked about that trait before. Um, and I think a lot of people will kind of um, acknowledge that within themselves as well. So, so yeah, I threw myself into my career uh, and absolutely loved every second of it and pushed myself to the, to the absolute limit to progress through through yeah jobs really I moved moved myself and my family across the country uh, and left my friends behind and sacrificed a lot really for, for a job that I thought meant a lot to me and actually it didn't really I've got nothing tangible to hold from it um, but but the result of all of that pressure and pushing myself was that you know, I fueled my days with junk food and coffee and then got home in the evening to a young family 
Uh, and that pressure cooker that, you know, I expect a lot of dads will, will understand when you walk in the door and you get handed children because, you know, rightly the mum's had a stressful day as well. Um, and I think I just buried myself in, in my job and then in alcohol and that led to uh, a spiral into depression and physical um, ill health. I got pancreatitis, um, which required me to stay in hospital for, for about a week while I recovered and sadly I just didn't learn from that the the pancreas um, issues were, were, were a result of the alcohol abuse essentially uh, so yeah I didn't learn and was back in hospital a year later having not stopped drinking not stopped any of the other underlying issues um, and after that I realized that you know I had to make a really difficult decision and I, I left the family home I, I took myself out of that um, because I felt like that was the only way I could get better and it's it's difficult it sounds so selfish and there's no other way I can kind of word it that doesn't sound selfish but and I suppose that's where a lot of my guilt comes from you, you know as a man you're supposed to tough it out and kind of be strong and be the dependable one but I, I couldn't I couldn't be there for myself let alone two kids and a partner um, and that's where you know, I found cycling and running. I sort of made a commitment to myself that if I was going to leave, I had to get better. And the only way to do that was to stop drinking, get healthy um, and find find a hobby that was healthy. <laughs> uh, so I bought a pair of trainers and I started running. I bought a bike on eBay. I refurbished it. And, and a month later, I did London to Brighton uh, and, and back again uh, because, you know, the trains are a nightmare. So why put a bike on a train? Why would you cycle home, right? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you've you only cycled one way. Why not do it two ways? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so that's the start of the journey, really. Um, and I wanted, you know, all of that to mean something. So I, I, I fundraised for, for Make-A-Wish alongside doing it. Um, and, and I've raised a decent amount of money over three years. And I'm uh, really, really proud of what I've done. You know, I still feel guilty and I still sort of beat myself up about it. But you know, it's a journey uh, and, and, you know, the cycling's helped me deal with a lot of, um, a lot of how I feel, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you say, it's difficult because, I mean, I'm not a dad, so I'm not in that kind of situation, but we are, you know, I worked in the security industry for 19 years, so I'm dealing with that kind of pressures of, like, mm -hmm. you have to be the man on the front line, you've got to deal with this, you're a manager, and even that kind of pressure is like, whoa, hang on a minute, I can't deal with all this. And, you know, I got into some dark places, and I'm glad I got out of that industry. Again, out of that industry was the same. I bought a bike while I was still in that industry with all the intentions of getting fitter, but I actually got fatter. So that didn't really work. So, um, And then I left that industry, and, and, and you know, and thankfully I did because, you know, all my fitness things are on the right curve now, so the weight loss is up a little bit with this lockdown i haven't trained as hard and we'll get into that but um you know my resting heart rate at the time I, i've gone back through my stats and when i was at, at that job the stress and the pressures and not sleeping and doing all that kind of thing my resting heart rate was around 66 to 68 beats a minute and that's just ridiculous at the moment it's sitting around 50 which is a, a vast improvement for those that understand heart rates kind of things and you know it's um it was, it was, and I understand those pressures, not as being a father, right? And I can see the guilt side of it is because, you know, in these modern day and age, you know, that pressure of you're the dad, you're the man, you should be able to stand up. You know, it's, it's normally, and you know, it's in films, everything. It's the woman that walks away. It's always that kind of thing. But I think you saying you feel guilty or, or think it's just not. You're actually braver by leaving that situation rather than making that situation worse for A, yourself. B, you're then going to resent 
your relationship that you're in even more. And then if that does break down, there's going to be a resentful relationship and you're not going to have that communication. And then you're going to put the kids in, in a bad situation. So, if, you know, I, my, I've come from a broken home. My dad left when I was two. Me and my dad are closer than most of my most of my mates. It's one of those things because he had to leave and, mm. and you know, he didn't stay in a relationship for the sake of it. My mum's happier and, you know, they've all had their own relationship since. But, um, yeah, I think we all have this pressure. Of, we've got to be the man. We have to stay. We have to do this and tough it out. And I think you've taken... Yeah that toughness which you thought you had to put in and put this into this crazy idea of endurance cycling that we both kind of have a passion for. And this is, this is as we say, the, the obscure thing. I am quite a big cyclist. There's, there's no denying it. I'm 100 kilos, probably a little bit over today. Um, just had a massive roast dinner, I'm not going to lie. So um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, treat myself once a week for a roast. And then, um, you know, I'm 100 kilos, but I, I, can, I can ride. I can ride a fair distance. I've done 800 kilometers of ride um, in four days before. So I'm not, it's not, it doesn't fear me. Mountains do fear me. It did take me a hell of a lot longer <laughs> to get up onto than, uh, than Guy did. Um, but, and he also got down a lot quicker than I did. But I still held the record in the flat section. And I'm maintaining that all the way through until to, to I die. But um, it's, yeah, and that, those pressures are... Are there and you you know having that fighting spirit to, to say look I need to leave that's that's still courageous because staying in some places some people see that as a weaker option because you're staying in the comfort of what is a an unstable relationship but it's just continuation it's just the norm and it's what you know and yeah, I mean it can't be easy for girls and I know you you adore your girls because you they're always hmm. on social media and you're a big advocate yeah. of helping them see the world for a better place so yeah, absolutely. I think that was my main driver, really, was that, you know, they they were growing up with a dad that was angry and frustrated and not happy. And, you know, I just every time I walked through the door, I thought to myself, I should be happy to see them and I should want to see them. But I just I wasn't. Uh, so I think, you know, that was ultimately, you know, not thinking about myself, but thinking about the other things that I needed to change. The relationship with the kids was was a fundamental part of it and you know four years later I've got the best relationship you know that I could have ever had with them uh yeah it's come at a cost but but I love them and uh, and they they want to come and spend time with me and that's all I ever wanted and you know to be a role model I guess like you said it's um you know our kids kids look at us like we're heroes whether we're, we're whether we're good or bad to them and I just wanted to be that good role model um that that you know, be a nice person, be a, be, a, be a good person, be happy, be healthy. Those are the important things in life. Uh, all the other stuff doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, uh, for those listening or those that know Guy, you'll know that he is a happy-go-lucky person. Um, <laughs> he was always, like on, on that Von 2 trip, he was the one that was always laughing, always cheering everyone on, even me at the back, <laughs> struggling, <laughs> struggling. But I mean, I literally, I phoned, I phoned Guy I think twice I think I phoned, but the last time I was literally, you were at the top waiting for me and I was half, oh, 500 or something metres. It looked like it was about five miles away and the weather had changed. And I just phoned Guy, I went, I don't know, I can't even see the road now. I don't know if I'm going to make this up. And Guy went, shut up and just get up here. I was like, oh, I'm here. no worries. I'll get you a drink. Okay, cool, no worries. And then he came out of the shop and then uh, when I got to top, I went, oh yeah, the weather did change. And I went, I did tell you. <laughs> yeah, well, you're here now, aren't you? And that yeah. was kind of it. And then, you know, it was, um, that was a tough, tough day in the saddle for us because we yeah. got off and we weren't expecting to ride that day because we planned to ride the next day. But the guys at the shop that we hired the bikes from were like, yeah, you can't ride tomorrow and the winds are too high. So we were like, oh, we're only here for a while, so we better do it today. So I hadn't eaten for 36 hours food poisoning. None of us had the correct kit on. Like we were going up Von 2 and people were coming down Von 2 in full winter, like 
scarves and arms with those off going up and like just normal cycling shorts and going, uh, I've got a jacket or nothing. And then when that weather hit, I mean, it did drop. But, um, you know, oh, you had crazy. that. Crazy. Yeah, it was a cra- crazy, crazy time. But, I mean, your kids now, I mean, you, like I said, you post on social media about them. And I, I know you're, you're a loving father and you help them with their um, gratitude. I know you're a big thing on gratitude yeah. and you help them with the mm. kind of seeing the earth as a place that needs to be looked after. I know you're a big fan of recyclable stuff and as much as you can get you know, renewable yeah. or anything like that. I know that's a big thing in your life as well, which is... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Be commended. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no planet B, you know, I think we've got a small, small changes, big differences, uh, you know. Um, uh, I think the kids today grow up with, you know, it's, it's social media, it's computers, it's convenience. And I guess I just want, I want my kids to grow up thinking that... Uh, you know, there's lots of little things that we can do that make a difference. Uh, it doesn't have to be the big fancy stuff, but just a bamboo toothbrush is, is pretty cool. Uh, and they, they like that. So, the more yeah, I mean, the the, we've always said, you know, start sort of the whole things. If you start small, it's the Michael Jackson song, and you want to make a change, take a look at the man in the mirror and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is, I mean, it's like I said, there are those grandiose gestures of, you know, crazy people that want to change the world like elon musk who wants to completely solar panel the entire world and save that and you know those are those grandiose ones but if you just broke it down to every household just changing the way they throw away disposables make sure they're recycling make sure they're buying recycling stuff or stuff that's good for the planet and stuff i think that's a huge a huge benefit and a huge lesson that you're teaching mm-hmm. to your kids that they can take with them you know and save that kind of future planet as well as the health and the cycling and everything i mean you bring that to them as well i mean yeah when you first started cycling, you said your health was not, obviously your health's not great with your uh, pancreatitis, no. but you have weight issues or? Uh, no, I think my weight's never really been a, a massive driver for me. I think, you know, yeah, of course, I, I alcohol, you put on weight, of course. Uh, but I'm a tall guy, I, you know, I'm six foot four. So I think, you know, I was probably 13 and a half stone at, at my heaviest, which is not an awful lot. And when you're six foot plus, it's spread out over a bigger area, I suppose. So, yeah, it was, uh, but yeah, I, you know, certainly for three years, three and a half years down the line. Yeah, of course I'm a physically, I'm a very different person. to I was, who I was, um, but for me it was, you know, and the, the thing I talk about the girls is, you know, actually a bar of chocolate doesn't matter once a while, as long as you're in moderation and you eat healthy generally and you do some exercise and that's, you know, there's nothing off limits in my house. You know, mm. like today, I've had a donut. But hey, you know, I'm going to burn <laughs> that off. About roasting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, I think moderation is the biggest thing we, we can kind of learn, really, as, as adults and as kids, that you just, yeah, don't go and it's, it's, it's the pressure with kids as well. I mean, I remember when I go to school, you know, everyone else is eating a chocolate bar and you're like, oh, my dad's giving me some carrots. They'd be like, wow, lucky you with your carrots. <laughs> but, you know, teaching it, they say, look, well, this is what you have there and at home we have you know because i know you're a big fan of whole foods and eating berries mm, and absolutely. oats and yeah. all that kind of stuff and yeah. uh, we will talk about the cabbage cream egg <laughs> sandwich which was <laughs> something that posted posted on instagram and i was like has he made a mistake here does he just mean an egg sandwich but no it, it is a fried cab like, explain yeah, what yeah, it is it's french it's, toast yeah yeah uh, so it's french toast essentially so um my girlfriend had shared a post on instagram about this this lady that does it's the account's called what i eat for breakfast and it's an amazing if you're a breakfast fan it's an amazing account uh, and she'd done a cabri's cream egg 
sandwich what well, looks like a toasted sandwich but it basically it's french bread so um two two slices of for me gluten-free bread smash a cream egg into the middle of that dip it in egg and then fry it and you know you will not need any more calories than that in your day um, no yeah that's super that sweet. breakfast lunch and dinner yeah but it's oh, if you like cream egg and you like melty chocolate oh my god it's so good so good <laughs> Go try. Well, I, I, I did say I am gonna. I am gonna because I do like cream eggs and I do. Yeah. I do like eggy breads. I'm, I am gonna give it a try, but it's just it baffles yeah. me. But I know, like I say, I mean for you, the calorie content. I mean you you are gunning for ultra endurance events. Um, I know you've got yeah. a big one coming up on is it this weekend. I think an indoor. It's, yeah, Saturday. It is indeed. Yes. Yeah, some kind of suffer ten suffer fests in a row. Those are the cyclists that know about suffer fest. It's yeah. like ten ten sessions they've yeah, got together, it's, but it's all for charity. It, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is absolutely. Yeah, so Sufferfest is is it's a bit like Zwift, I suppose. It's not no, it's not the same as Zwift, but it's an indoor cycling app um, with built workouts that you you complete, and they range between forty five minutes and and I think the longest one's possibly two hours. Uh, and the idea of them is that uh, tests you, you know, pushes you to your limit. So by the end of the forty five minutes or two hours or whatever you've done, you should be you should be done uh, mm-hmm. physically. Um, so the challenge of the, the knighthood is to do 10 of these videos back to back um, and, and uh, ride into glory, basically. So <laughs> I'm, ride, yeah, ride into charity. Yeah. yeah. So I'm doing it for charity. I'm raising money for the, the Trussell Trust, um, who provide food banks and emergency food supplies to those most vulnerable. And I think, you know, with lockdown and, and COVID-19, people have had their income slashed. You know, people have lost their jobs and food banks are sadly um, needed more than ever. So, you know, there's there's a lot of amazing work being done by by our NHS at the moment. But I just think I didn't want to forget those those people that are struggling at the moment. So. Um, so, yeah, it's it, that's the reason for doing it. And obviously, people that listen, if they want to donate, they, is the link on your Instagram. So if you go to. Yeah, it is. Guy, yeah, if you go on or, my bio. Yeah. yeah Guy Stapleford underscore ultra. Go on my bio and it's it's on the web link on there. Uh, so yeah, any donations would be greatly appreciated. As I say, food banks provide emergency food supplies to people, so it's 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 basic essential. So it doesn't cost an awful lot of money. So even if you can give one or two pounds, goes a long way, um, and it put, kind of puts a, a nutritious meal on someone's table. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's going to be a lot of people coming out of this this lockdown. They're going to be struggling. They're going to have lost jobs, or they've lost, <clears throat> you know, they've lost that income. I mean, I've had to stop my two businesses, um, and I'm lucky that I get income from a, a third, um, which mm. makes me sound super busy, but I'm really not that busy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm lucky I've got that income, and, and I'm not getting that kind of um, break. And I know some others aren't getting the break, the, um, the furlough money and stuff like that. And some of that furlough money is great, but yeah. they may not have a job to go back to after this, and that's that's the struggle they've got. Um, so anything that can help, you know, families do that. I mean, yes, we talk about the NHS um, and all those frontline operatives that are still working in care homes and stuff during this time. Um, mm. But we are definitely seeing a decline, I believe, in in admissions to hospitals and, and yeah. what's happening. So do the right thing, stay home, stay safe um, until till this is over. I mean, could be another week, could be another three. But I think I'd think. It's, it's you know it's a it's a learning curve for everyone. It's a big wake up call. Mm. We haven't had this kind of you know drama or lockdown since probably World War Two. Since you know everyone had to club together, and this is the biggest thing that's clubbed together. And this is not just you know European. I think this is the world. This is everybody 
you know, and countries have dealt with it differently and different results have happened. And it's going to be a learning curve for absolutely everyone to, to say, you know, can we deal with another pandemic? Can we deal with anything else that goes this way? And, and we've learned a lot as well. I've learned that you can, well, watching Guy, I've learned that you can do a triathlon in the garden, which was interesting. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did I do? 150 laps in the girlfriend's garden uh, to get to a, a huge 1.5k, which is um, yeah. I mean, it, but it's it's that thing of whatever keeps you motivated, whatever keeps you going, and that was part of why I'm doing this the Sufferfest challenge. It's just you know I need a goal in my life, um, and part of that is because I worry about not not being busy. Um, you know, the devil make uh, makes light work for. And that's how I feel about my depression that, you know, if I stop, uh, what's going to happen? So I, yeah, I've always got that sort of next goal to aim myself at, which, which is cool. And yeah. I, I love it. And I love that, that, that about myself, that kind of driven passion. Um, and I see that in a lot of people that I've met, like Phil and, um, a lot of cyclists have got it. And, um, or runners and anyone into sports or, or anyone that's got a hobby. I think that's a, that's a really um, endearing feature. Uh, it's just can be a little bit dangerous. Yeah. I mean, you say, you say about that kind of, it's almost, I think we're in that weird category of sports, you know, cyclists, runners, triathletes, where it's hard to become a professional at that level. And, mm. but you dedicate so much time to what yeah. technically really is a hobby. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you think about it, the amount of training we do, yeah, we're not, yeah. you know, if yeah. we're, you're not getting paid for doing any of these events. You're not, you know, you, you're getting <sighs> certain <laughs> kind of things going through. I know you, you get um, some of your kits at discount and everything's like that. And you yeah. get those kind of things thrown at you, but you're not, yeah. you know, you're not, you're doing, <laughs> it's, so you're going to ride for 10 hours on a Saturday for charity, which is great. Yeah. And I did the, you know, yeah. and I've done long distance for charities, but it's still a hobby and a passion. And we spend quite a bit of money on this sport it's not you know cycling is not a cheap sport when you get to the high end um and when you start going oh i want a new bike oh i want this i want that and it's you know hmm. it's difficult and you know that kind of i don't know i don't know how it's because me we and guy got chatting we basically got the same kind of goals we both want to do the race across america which is a yeah. as it is it's a race across america from coast to coast yeah. it's three thousand yeah. odd miles um in nine to 12 days is the kind of going i think the, the yeah. record's like seven or something insane and um those were our goals which obviously we were hoping to train hard for this year the events that we were looking to compete in and qualify which was the revolve which was set for september am i right september? and um that's now been postponed till next year but again that's I, i've looked at that as a positive personally myself because i'm like well that actually it gives me more time to train because originally next year was going to be a full back if it didn't qualify this year. But I actually now thought, well, actually, it gives me more aim and drive to go for it next year and then compete in the Race Across America in 2022, which is the same year the guy wanted to do. Yeah. And we didn't know this until we met. and We both had this crazy thing. I mean, people would have probably looked at us and said, oh, yeah, six foot four, seven, nine kilos, runner, cyclist, or whatever he is. Yep, cyclist. <laughs> Phil, Phil, you're short and dumpy. You ain't going to be a cyclist. But it's, it's that mentality. I have, a, I, have a, I, I have that mentality. I have a never quit, never die die in the saddle, fall off and do whatever you want. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. You'll, you know, you'll either find me at the finish or you'll find me dead on the sideline. That's, that's the way I look at it. Um, mm. And it's a, it is a long, tough race, a long few days in the saddle. And there's a lot of planning goes into it. It's not just us being on a bike or, you know, the athletes and the competitors being on a bike. There's a, a team that goes behind. And I know 
that's going to be the biggest thing for me to get together is finding a team. Mm. And I know you've kind of got that same goal of yeah, who I take with absolutely. me. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It's it's the toughest bicycle race in 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 the world, I I think. And that that's why I want to do it, because yeah, I think if you want to be great at something, you have to do the great events, don't you? And yeah. I'm not I'm not sure if I can go out and try and win. I'd like to be strong and competitive and and be up there obviously um but yeah as you say phil it's for me it's a one shot really uh it's it's a lot of money and you have to find the right team because at its longest at 12 days that's that's you know a group of people that's got to stick with you stay up feed you do directions do planning do project management do you know massages and and kind of just absolutely help you get back on the bike and you know listening to someone like mark beaumont you know you'll you'll appreciate how fundamental that team is because i think what he said was with his around the world uh record cycle that you know you get to a point where you just have to hand everything over to these people and and his job then became getting on the bike riding and then getting off the bike and that was it and as long as he got on the bike at, I think, four o'clock in the morning and got off the bike at, I can't remember what time it was, at yeah, nine, ten o'clock yeah, at night, he, night yeah. he, that, that's that's all he had to do. Everyone else had to do everything else for him. And I, that's that's where I think I'm going to struggle, is putting my trust and my faith in, in other people. And, and probably that's why I've done everything solo so far, yeah. because uh, I know, like Phil said, I won't. I'll, well, I won't give up unless I absolutely have to, and uh, that's the difficult thing, isn't it? You, you know, you can trust yourself, but can you trust other people? So yeah, and, I mean, when and I, of course, you're asking people to give up twelve days of their life. Yeah, yeah, twelve days of their life, and you know, fund, <laughs> and they're pretty much funding themselves unless you can get funding. It's not a cheap event. Yeah. Um, there's no prize money. That's <laughs> just the glory of of completing it, just oh, being a race. Well, I don't know why I'm doing it now, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought there was some money involved, but um, I mean, when I did the, when I did the four day one in America, which was me and I had a team of three with me, and, and even that, I mean, the team of three I had weren't. It was a thrown together team because the team I originally had was going to be more. I had a masseuse, and then I had a mm. a personal trainer, then I had a mechanic, and then they all dropped out. And I literally had my other half at the time and two people that completely changed their holiday in a camper van to be there in case I needed support. <laughs> so that was, I mean, I had no mechanic with me, so I'd have to fix anything myself. And for the 800 kilometers across Nevada, desert, and all that kind of thing, California, the rain, the sun, the heat, I didn't have one mechanical. Not one, enough, no puncture. I took 10 spare inner tube. I had everything with me. <laughs> didn't need any of it. But, um, yeah. you know, and I was carrying a lot of stuff on my bike because points and it's going to be the same with race across America there's points where the vehicles can't go um, and if I think there are points in America where the vehicles have to leave you and you have to be monitored for a short time via GPS and they have to monitor and report to races it's all very complex um, but yeah it's something these look to and it's a lot of money it is a lot of money to enter the race across America people think oh you're just going to enter a race it's not like a sportive in the UK where it's like 35 quid if you book in advance I mean you're talking I think 25,000 is the starting kind of kind of go um yeah i think that's the the sort of yeah minimum cost of of getting out there riding and, and finishing so yeah i think it's 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 not a small amount of money is it really for anyone 
No. And, and you know, a lot of people have said a lot of people do this to charity and I will do the Race Across America whenever I, and I am doing it. I, and I've said this to, to people. I said, oh, well, it's a short turnaround from 2022. I said, well, then, it's not. I'll do it 2023 because I am doing the Race Across America at some point in my life. I'm not, yeah. you know, it's 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 a, well, you can call it a bucket list or you can call it whatever you want, but it's a challenge. It's something I want to do. Um, everyone does a jog. Everyone does those kind of, you know, joggle, go backwards. But to me, there's like I say, it's that prestige of saying, you know, I am a Ram finisher, whether I finish in nine days, which is yeah. highly unlikely this year. But if I finish in 12 <laughs> days, at least I say I've finished it. And I, I would still be one of those Absolutely. people who just carry on riding if the team had cut off. And I know there's some rules around that. But um, I mean, I just want to, you know, it's, it's that kind of ambition and drive. I think, you know, and like you said, you need something as a goal-driven purpose. Otherwise, you're like me. Because yeah. I, And I openly admit in this lockdown where I've had nothing, where I've gone from walking up to 25 kilometers a day and then going to play badminton or riding a bike for three hours in the evening to not doing very much in the day to cleaning windows to within an inch of their life because there's nothing else to do. You know, it's getting, getting that kind of drive and passion and stuff. Oh, yeah. My windows are immaculate. I can hear you laughing, but my yeah. windows, my <laughs> word, birds are going to fly into them thinking they're open, which is a bit of a shame. I should stick some stickers on them. But um, it's, yeah. And it's that, that passion and drive. And like I said, you need, you need it. And I, I think everybody needs some yeah. kind of goal, some kind of thing before they do, even if yeah. you don't think you suffer with mental health issues, I mean, just having that driven purpose um, mm. for yourself, your family, for the greater good of the planet. Um, and as we said, you know, people put themselves out every day. The amount of people that volunteered, I think when this COVID came out in the UK and they asked for volunteers to come in, was yeah. I, I was overwhelming. I think they, they they filled it within like 15 minutes. It was an insane people. Mm. And a lot of ex-frontline workers came out of retirement yeah. and went back into care homes and doing that kind of stuff. And we are recording this podcast on Thursday night, which in the UK, um, we have a Thursday night, eight o'clock clap for the NHS. And it is eight o'clock. So I am going to clap the NHS because that is, you know, they are doing a grand yeah. job out there. I mean, absolutely. You, know, you come down where I am in Portsmouth, um, out, if you sit out, out now, you might hear it. They, they, the Navy go off with the foghorns and the guns and everything. And, and you know, that support is there. And I know, it's always seen as patriotic in America for the army and, and, and services there. But I think we've pulled together in this country in a way that wasn't expecting it. And, you know, and I'm very proud to be British at this time with the whole community putting together. But yeah, so, so well done NHS. Um, and if you can help in any way, do help them out. Um, I can hear the bells going off now. So everyone is out, out the front. So the way we race across America. So yeah, 20, 25, it's like 25 grand to enter. And then you've got to think about, the extras to go with us. Yes, you've got your team. And we've had this chat before about what bike to use because mm. the stages are different. There's going to be flat stages, hill stages, yeah. and general riding stages. Have you thought, I know you've had some thought yeah. bikes have. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, I think, you know, we discussed it before. But um, for me, I, I'm i I'm not an N plus, 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 plus person. I've got <laughs> one bike uh, and it's my pride and joy. And it, you know, it was, I bought on a, a, a carbon road bike on a credit card because you know, that was the only way I could afford to get, get a decent bike. But yeah, I mean, I think for me, that's what I'm used to. I uh, load it up, ride it. Would I go for all and out TT bike and a road bike? Probably not, to be honest with you. I, I think I'll just stick with, um, similar setups what i've got now yes i'll probably have to upgrade um the bike in time uh, <laughs> get something lighter and more efficient and you know all the bells and whistles that i'm not used to do but but yeah absolutely I'll, I'll i'll take a mix of my current sort of setup which is 
standard road bike with with some aero bars that are, are there more for my hands uh, and taking the pressure off my hands rather than you know the full aero position you know i'm tall and i'm rangy and and i've got incredibly tight hamstrings so getting super low uh, and super aero for any length of time is is not comfortable for me at the moment although appreciate it. i've got a couple of years you know I can uh, yeah, yeah I, mean, I was gonna say time. don't don't write them hamstrings <laughs> off yet i mean a good couple of years of yoga and actual yeah. proper stretching you, you might be yeah right I, I, I could try but yeah i think for me it'll be use something that i know and trust and uh just try and make it the best possible thing it can be rather than faffing with lots of different bikes so yeah. but I, I think you've got sort of slightly different ideas yeah from- i mean i think i think mine like i say i've got the comfort of and i've ridden my bike for three years now and i wouldn't change it my winter bike is the same except an aluminium it's just exactly the same geometry um and that for me is comfortable and again when i did the long ride i had i put the aero bars on i didn't use them as much as i thought i was going to um i thought you know on, on those flat desert mm. sections i thought well i'll be on those aero bars but um those deserts aren't always as flat as you think and i think that's the kind of key to it is like oh, it's actually it's a little incline so you're kind of more comfortable on the drops or or on the hoods um for those who understand what that is that's the bars just google that if you don't know um and then i mean i've looked at other setups and i think what i'll do is i'll i'll have higher aero bars which some people now have which are slightly higher so you're not as aero but you're still aero mm. and you're taking that pressure through your elbows and forearms rather than your wrists and then um like I said, I might just take the same. I might just have the, the bike that I know and love and just change the wheel. So if I know there's a windy day, I've got a shallow dish wheel. And if I know there's going to be complete flat section and very little crosswind, I'm going to stick some 55 mil deep dishes on and then just use that arrow mm. to my advantage and, and make the time up. Because the flats is where I'm quickest. The flats is where I will make my time up. The hills is where everybody will just massively eat into any time i've gained whatever um and you know even on my own personal but for me it's not i, I know that i'm not going to win I, I know that it's not i'm never going to get down to the lightest i can be um as a, it's not my build it's not my nature uh, my legs are just way too big to be um anything like a cyclist kind of what you'd imagine cyclist legs to look like um and it's weird that i am quite endurance based for my size and it does baffle people it baffles me half the time um but um i think that's where i'll go i mean let's say i'll have a bike fit i'll make sure it's comfortable mm. um if needs be i mean my, my plan is i know quite a few people in the cycle industry so hopefully i'll be looking for a sponsor where they will give me some bikes which would be nice and i can have two <laughs> that's that's <laughs> kind of that's, that's kind of where i'm going so so um I, I will talk to you offline about that because if we can get something going with the guy that i know then um, we might be able to get some get some stuff going but um he, he was in he was interested when i mentioned it before um yeah, so nice. yeah but um we'll have a chat about that offline. but yeah so that's kind of yeah so guy is guy is like i said he's, he's he runs we start off by running which i mean yeah. i'm not a runner i've got a no a damaged achilles it's never gonna never gonna happen um but running to me i i've tried when i ran at school it, it kind of bored me but i think a lot of people say it's that you get that high, that runner's high, as it's, as it's yeah. known, that kind of, and I mean, people say, oh, do you get it on the bike? I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I think I, I get the enjoyment when I'm on the bike, but the runner's mm. high to people seem to come after the run. Whereas after a cycle, I'm, I'm unless it is that long endurance, when I, when I got to Vegas, to the sign, mm. I mean, I was in pain. I was just, it was five, it was the last, the last day was 500 and something odd kilometers. And when I got, I was literally on the outskirts of Vegas and anyone's been to Vegas, it's a deceptive city. Um, it looks small, but it's absolutely massive because everything is just 
times 10. And I couldn't couldn't see the finish line. And I was going through and I thought, well, it's got to be close. And I kept going and going and going and going. And I got to the airport and I was like, right, well, I know the airport is close to the sign. Yeah, not as close as you think it is. That airport's massive. So I'm going along. I was probably averaging 18 kilometers an hour, just turning my legs over of 65 to 70 cadence, if, if that at certain points. And it was just hurting. But then that emotion kicked in. And the last bit, the... Um, I hit 56 kilometers an hour stand-up sprinting after a 500 kilometer ride because I just wanted to get to the sign. And I just broke down in tears when I got to the sign, which I'm not, a, I suppose I am an emotional person at heart. But, uh, you know, as I said, of 19 years in security, I was not allowed to be an emotional, you know, because you can't cry when you're trying to throw somebody out of a venue or deal with something or look after celebrities or, you know, secure a building. You, it's not, you know, it's, it's not the mentality you have. But I think it's okay to cry. I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's any shame in a man crying nowadays. I mean, it's not the 60s awesome. anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Guy cried yesterday, didn't you, Guy? Yeah, I did. I cried all the time. <laughs> I don't know why I cried that yesterday. I did genuinely did cry. Oh, we were watching. <laughs> it, do you know what it was? It was, oh, it's just, it, this is the, my kind of thing, right? So Britain's Got Talent. It was the um, the sister with the, the little boy who um, was told he couldn't communicate and they did This Is Me, the song This Is Me. And oh my God, it was just life-affirming, amazingness and if you haven't seen it get on youtube because god damn it's beautiful uh, it's just people you know it's just uh just goes to show that everyone's got a place in life and everyone's worth is is equal in this world and i yeah maybe crying happy about it <laughs> happy about it so obviously tv is not a i don't watch a lot of tv i watch a lot of um i lived on youtube at the moment trying to learn all sorts of new skills while i'm sat here because trying to find some some things to do but um <laughs> in lockdown obviously it's i think that's been a hard thing for people is they've got into watching more tv and breakaway i mean it, especially with kids having kids at home more and, and you know the homeschooling is you know going but i think some parents like to say because they're not teachers you know you, i went to university to be a teacher did my first placement and realized that i probably wasn't cut out to be a teacher i mean whoever whoever is cut out to be a teacher fair you know fair play to them because that is you're taking on basically someone else's kid to an educational level to put them through for their further, further life. So a lot of these yeah. people out there aren't teachers. And I know you're not a teacher, but you're <laughs> scrolling along. <laughs> no, you're learning all sorts of stuff yourself, aren't you? But um, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. This... learning how to do maths again. <laughs> but, you know, this lockdown is, it's been eye-opening for me, especially if, if you, like I say, we all say social media is a bad, can be bad, can be good, can be, can be either way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've used social media for fundraising and I've used social mm-hmm. media for fundraising. And for that, it's brilliant. I use social media for my business. It's brilliant. I use social media for other stuff. It's great. But then when it comes to image, you get that opposite effect. And now, with, you know, before, and if you follow, just have a look through. I mean, I try to avoid Facebook because I have, I have, I have a theory on social media, whereas Instagram is a happy place where everybody posts the best parts of their life. Facebook is the people where they want to rant and moan. And YouTube is just aggressive people in the comments. Those are the three main ones that people kind of follow now. And that's that's kind of how it works. You can't go to, you know. But, um, I mean, if you go onto Instagram, everyone's, you know, the kind of, and I've said this before, you are you on Instagram. And I try to be as me as much as I can be me on Instagram. And it's not a, an easy thing to do. And I'm still learning to be that open. But you are, you know, you put a post out the day about being, you know, the, the mental mental health issue yeah, you've got. absolutely. Yeah. No, no, I think, you know, the, the, the open and honest bit is, I think, uh, that's the best of social media. I think there are, there are, you will quickly find who's, who's, who's good, who's honest. And, uh, I, 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 
it's that influencing thing i think i the influencing thing i think is where i struggle with and you know you said it earlier about yeah i work with some brands but i'm really picky who i work with and i wouldn't say they're great if they weren't great but you know you'll get people who are shouting out about how great a pair of trainers are when they're wearing a completely different pair of trainers mm. uh which i that's what irritates me like but but you know you're talking about lockdown and nhs and you know that's the best of social media for me that's when we we as people come together and have a sh shared shared goal shared vision shared purpose and uh yeah i think it can be a beautiful place but yeah as you say it can be a really horrible uh nasty world yeah. i mean it is it is that kind of like i say it's, it is that that image that, and it's even you know it's not just mm. for you know there always used to be the female image you, know, you had to be this perfect female form but even for men it was never kind of i mean you go and look at the front of a men's health catalog you know catalog, i don't look like him there's no way i look like the guy in front of men's health i'm not you know and that's what's the pressure there we it was never kind of thrown that way but then while you look at instagram and how anybody can sort of put out whatever they want and those it's a difficult i you know i'm, I'm on that two-size fence because i believe health and wellness and mental health is very important and that's you know that is you, the, you know, if you're not looking after your health and your mental health you're basically shutting your mind and your body down to what it is. So um, having that kind of pressure to be this body or that body or, you know, this way of thinking or that way of thinking, I think you are your own individual. And, and the sooner people realize they're individual, yes, please do look up and admire or, you know, aspire to be somebody if they are a positive role model. And my yeah. the biggest one that we've probably grown up with our age is David Beckham, who went from the young David Beckham of like this guy's superstar to the bad David Beckham that got sent off in the World Cup to now an international role model for family man, for business, um, for sport and charity work that he does. I mean, he's gone from through that spectrum and we've seen him grow that spectrum. And I think that's the problem that people have got is that nowadays with Instagram, the fame is so short that it can be quickly just taken away from you. Or just put back on you. It's, it's one of those, there's, there's a girl that I follow who lives down this way. She is a, a ring girl for um, a, an organisation down here, but she she was I had like she was really positive on it, you know, on her Instagram, and she was very open about you know because she is a very attractive woman, but she eats like Burger King and everything. Like she just puts whatever she wants on there; she doesn't care. Um, but now she's gone on to she did a Netflix show, and her and her influence now is obviously you know the influence by numbers has grown from ten thousand to four hundred some thousand quickly, and that's what people people struggle with. I mean, you know is, well, look how many followers they've got. It's like, well, it doesn't matter how many followers you've got. Just be you and then show up every day as you and then you will have a positive effect on one of your followers. And if that's one person you help, then bloody great for you. I mean, like... <laughs> well said. Well said. Well said. Yeah. And anyone that follows Guy, you're, you're going to get inspiration. I mean, he says he's not an influencer, but he, in terms of what you know, the open brand influencers are, um, I represent a brand because it's my business and I use their products and I love them. Same as you represent Hux and Try um, mm. and DHB, the brands that you use and you've loved that you've used since the beginning. And mm. you're going to get that from Guy. You're going to get, I eat this, this is what I eat, this is my grains. Now that, and I said this to, to Susie on the last podcast, actually you putting down what you eat is an influence on other people to go, oh, shit, I want to be an ultra endurance athlete. I want to ride a long way. What do I need? Well, Guy's doing it, so I need to eat oats and berries. Not the most interesting of food in the world, as yeah. you could say, but it's, it's, it's yeah. but you've got to, you know, you know, I think we all have to understand that, yes, the term influencer 
like the Kardashians and those kind of people that we put on this pedestal is fine. But we're all an influence on somebody. If you are on social media and you are mm. doing something, whether that's good, bad or wrong, you are going to be an influence. Um, you know, you could be comedic, you could be funny and have an influence on somebody's day, but just making yeah, them true. smile. Very true. But I get, I get your influence of thing on the, you know, like say there's always those I represent this brand. And I know that I've worked in an industry background where they say they use one thing and i know for a fact they don't they were just paid a lot of money by somebody um to say they use it and it's, it's you know that that does happen and unfortunately that's that's changing as well i think a lot of athletes and a lot of um one athletes will only represent brands they actually you know kind of have a bit of faith in i mean there's still going to be those big brands i mean i think Cristiano ronaldo was paid a billion dollars by nike to be a nike brand ambassador for the rest of his life okay fine but then then he can't wear adidas or puma so he's kind of you know he's nike for life that's that's kind of it but i think you know you see people coming out of sports and now promoting things like cbd oils and things that would, would be totally frowned upon before and you know they're not going to be able to promote that if they're in a in a team shirt but they're coming out and they're, they're seeing these brands and going, look actually this is what I do. This is what I use. And some of them being open on this, that, you know, and I think, I think that's needed. I think people need to see mm-hmm. that these, these high influence aren't all what it's cracked up to be. But no, absolutely. But anyway. I think there's a, there's a, there's a big thing about, um, you know, COVID's COVID's a big deal at the moment and, and that's affecting uh, everyone, uh, including businesses. And I, you know, for me personally, I think there's a lot of great British brands like Tuxen, like Veloskin, uh, Chamois Cream, DHB, you know, they're they're cracking brands. They're British. Um, let's support let's support them because you know they're doing good things. Uh, and uh, let's make more in Britain. And you know, we don't have then the worry of can we get hold of stuff uh, because it's coming from China or overseas or wherever. So yeah, I think it's, I mean, like I say, it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult situation because obviously the way the world economy works is different mm-hmm. to the local economy but we can support local economy support local shops i mean i've always people have said to me oh how'd you fix your bike i was like i don't I, I do not fix my bike and they're like what do you mean i'm like i'll just take to a local bike shop because that guy he's there that's his business why would i why would i service the bike myself if somebody else is doing going to do it it's going to do a better job than me anyway because i'm terrible at servicing a bike but um yeah that's i've people have always said to me oh where do you I take, go to a local bike shop. You see all these people, and it's it's kind of frustrating. I get it. Some people are going to be better than others. Some people are going to be mechanics, and they're just going to be whiz kids. And with you know side of the road stuff, I can do to get me to where I need to be. Because obviously, when we do big events like you know the, the big one, the race across America, then there's going to be a certain thing. But we're going to have to have a mechanic in the vehicle with us. So I'm, I'm kind of in that that thing where I believe in supporting the local business. It's only a small cycle shop I use. It's the only one that I recommend in the area. Um, yes, I buy my bikes from one shop only. Because I like them, the guys out there were great. So I get my bikes from one shop and I get them service in another, only because the bike shop is further away from me than the, wouldn't be worth the travel to get the and the servicing. But the guy down here is brilliant. Um, and I think you know having that kind of, like I say that home, we're going to need it. The economy is going to need a boost when we come out of lockdown. Um, we've already discussed, you know, businesses. Some business is going to shut. I mean, I think the naivety that it's all going to go back to normal by some people, it's just not. Um, I, I've, I've kind of had a discussion with some the other day. They're like, yeah, but all the big brands like Costa and Starbucks and McDonald's, okay. I was like, well, some of those are franchises. Some of those are owned by business owners. They're not mm-hmm. owned 
buy McDonald's or Costa. You know, they, they are franchise businesses. So some of those may struggle because it may have been the dream for someone to open that business. You know, I'm going to have a Costa coffee shop or three or four and, and, and that's going to be my income and my stuff. And then this hits and they can't, they've not got the financial yeah. backing of a big brand. I mean, a, a friend of mine opened the restaurant 11 weeks before COVID hit, which is, you know, he's still building once you open a restaurant. So he's now had to, he's reconsidered. He's diversified, which is brilliant. He's gone into delivering, um, delivering food, food boxes, which is amazing. Um, but he's, he's now considering, do I need, can I reopen? Can I reopen it when, when it's over? Because I need to make this much ahead and I'm already behind. And I think that's going to be the big thing that's going to happen. And the other big thing that, that I love that's going to come out of this and I hope does come out of it is, you know, we are seeing less traffic, we're seeing less pollution, we're seeing all that kind of thing. And people, the bike industry is boomed. I mean, people are buying bikes. It's hard to pick up a bike on Facebook Marketplace nowadays if you if you went on there. Mm. But um, that kind of industry is booming. And I think people working from home might be a new thing where you, with the technology now, we can work from home. I mean, you're working from home. Um, I've, I've got friends that said to me, I've done more work at home than I would have done in the office. <laughs> so, I mean, that I think hopefully that will change some things for the better. That's that's yeah. mine. Certainly eating less biscuits at home, I can tell you that. <laughs> when someone comes into the office with biscuits and donuts, you're like, oh, I can't yeah. have two, three. Yeah. 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 But yeah. <clears throat> but my hope yeah, is that that was... will happen. I think, you know, family, families have become tighter units, family time, yeah. you know, that see people out walking with their kids and actually spending time with the kids. And then my, my big hope is that some of these offices that don't need to have an office because it's generating... You know, extra pollution and traffic mm. that may that may become a slight thing of the past and people can with you know zoom technology that we're recording this over and other other brands that are out there um i just think my my, my hope is that this this kind of break in pollution may continue for a lot it is weird i'm not gonna lie mm. the first time i noticed that there was no planes in the sky i was like well that's just apps just baffling just no trails, no planes, no noise. I was like, yeah. oh, right, okay. And I you know, spoke to people that live in London. They're like, it's even weirder up here because we're on a flight path and there's just nothing. And we can actually hear birds singing. But um, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, as you said, the community has come together and I think social media you know, positivity and people, there's always going to be those people that, that profit out of and there's always going to be people that are going to lose out of situations like this. But there's always those people that do come out with some funny things on social media that bring us together as a community. Um, you know memes or songs or any of those kind of things that happen um, and I think that just shows the great British character I think at the end of the day absolutely absolutely yeah. agreement so we're going as this as we're both cyclists and I know there's going to be some cyclists listening to this let's talk a little bit more about cycling just to finish this podcast off so um, at the beginning we kind of touched on that cycling helps your mental health um, and yeah. it's that kind of that goal orientation that gives you something to aim for that makes you you know take your brain out of its in a thinking and goes right. I've got to do this. I've got to ride this. I've got to do so many things. So, the big goals obviously this year were uh, Wessex Twenty Four, which we're still hoping is going to go ahead in August now instead. Yeah, yeah. Twenty Four is uh, three hundred and twenty miles in twenty four hours, um, yeah, and it's quite hilly. Yeah, I so, just realised that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise yeah. that. Um, then Revolve Twenty Four, which was actually cancelled or postponed or furloughed or yeah. whatever the words we're using nowadays um, <laughs> till next year anyway, before COVID hit, they they were taking a, a fa- fallow year, isn't it? I think they used those. Yeah. So it was a fallow year yeah. until, yeah, until next year. We're, and that's um, Brands Hatch. That is 24 hours around Brand Hatch. 
Um, and again, yeah. that was 340 miles, I think that was to qualify. 340 is the round yeah. qualification, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, round so, qualification yeah. in 24 hours. Um, so that yeah. one's obviously, we're, we're both gunning for that next year. But I think you're also looking at Red, Red Bull... Laps. Time lapse, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, for me, that was it was either going to be uh, Revolve 24 because, as we said, it's it's the qualifying UK qualifying event for Ram. So for me, this year would have just been a test year. Um, but yeah, I mean, Red Bull time lapse is in essence it's the same event. Um, so I'll do that hopefully as a solo. And it's later in the year; it's October. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough, you know. This year's sort of been decimated a little bit, really. Uh, so that's that's for me why I've at least tried to keep up some of the indoor cycling, indoor challenges, um, just to keep my mileage high, keep keep the consistency and the motivation. Um, next year, I've I haven't really committed to an awful lot. Next year, I'm I was doing uh, race around Ireland this year. Um, I'll, that was that's been cancelled. I'll do that next year for sure. And the other one I'm doing next year is London, Edinburgh, London, which is, uh, what's that, 1,400 kilometres? Yeah, I think so. Um, London, about, yeah. Yeah, obviously, London, Edinburgh, and then back to London. Yeah, and back to London, yeah. Um, yeah. And if you, if, you, if you want to watch a really uh, great film, um, they've got a film on Amazon Prime about London, Edinburgh, London from 2013, I think. But it's a great film. It's real, it's real, it gets into the 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 lives and the minds of people who do these kind of long distance cycling events and it's just a really nice film so i'd recommend that oh um, i'll give that one a go i started to watch yeah. um, iron cowboy that one on uh, the traffic yes. guy that was quite good and then yeah. if, if you get onto youtube and there's there's an event called the pan celtic race um yep. which i tried to enter this year but it, it got sold out so quickly um but i think that's been cancelled as well unfortunately yeah. um but that is um there's, they got some good YouTube stuff about the cyclists and the race from last year around there, and that's that's quite a good event as well. So um, if you're looking for yeah, some yeah. cycling videos while you're in, there's our recommendations. I mean, the Iron, Iron Cowboy is obviously a triathlon one, but it is it's still impressive. There is a race across America one. I think that's on Amazon Amazon as well. So if you're talking race across America, there's a, there's a documentary on the team that did it, a uh, UK team yeah. that's doing it there. So it's about 40 minutes. So Yeah. Um, so yeah, in terms so, of – go on. Yeah. No, no, I think, you know, for me, it was it was trying to pick those events that built up uh, toward, towards Ram, really, you know, just kind of that multi-day, high mileage, pushing, uh, and and I think the, the skill, the trick, the, the, the very personal thing is, is, for me, is working out how much sleep is enough to keep yeah. going. Uh, and I think that's why I in a way I like the ultra endurance stuff. It's that we talked about mindset and when you get to that point of thinking, I've got to stop, but actually it's, well, maybe if I just do one more mile or maybe if I do just half an hour or 20 minutes more, it's that little win over your mind. I think that's, that's very powerful. And you know, the runner's high, I think you can get that quite quickly. Uh, I think the high on cycling, it takes a little bit longer to get it. But like you said, with your sprint finish in Vegas, I think I think the high is, for me, much more mental in terms of once you've beaten your own body and your own brain, mm-hmm. I think that's when the high comes and the emotions come. It's really powerful. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's what I love and that's why I keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, like I so said, that, that long ride I did, I mean, the sleep was one thing. I mean, I the first... The UK leg killed me because it was the worst weather ever to ride from um, 
to Heathrow. It was just horrendous. And I arrived literally hypothermic. The police were worried about me. <laughs> I, I was so cold, I switched off. I left my heart rate monitor in the toilets and flew to America without a heart rate monitor. So I had to rely on <laughs> Apple's own rather than having thingies. So that was kind of a nightmare because that was going to be my monitoring. But um, that last day, I'd set a a distance that I wanted to stop at. So I didn't set a time. And I know this, people do it different ways. So they go, right, I'm going to ride for 10 hours and see where I get to. But I actually set a distance. Mm. So I was like, well, I'll just push that distance, which I've set out as my break point for two hours rest in this long 500 kilometers. Um, didn't plan very well. I was right next to a train tracks and train tracks in America never stop. They just keep on going all night. <laughs> if you've ever been to America in the wide open, those trains are three kilometers long and they just keep on going. But I slept, I was fine. The crew didn't. So um, I was that exhausted, but I did mine, like I said, by, by a distance. No people do theirs by time. I'm not sure. Like, so I think solo, I think you've got a bit more leeway, but I think on these actual organized events, mm you're going to be tied into time cutoffs, which is going to be you yeah, know, that one more mile is not going to be, you're going to have to make that distance up the next day, which, you know, you've yeah. got to allow yeah, for those things. Um, and then in terms of keeping yeah. nutrition up, obviously you're big on your nutrition now. And I know you're also big on training and I know you're with spokes performance. Um, and I think you're a massive advocate of actually having some kind of coaching, which I am as well, um, whether yeah. that's spokes or another. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I did uh, a couple of years of DIY um, challenges and, uh, you know, just figuring out training myself. And then I joined Spokes uh, just over a year ago uh, because I felt like I needed a coach to help me kind of sort out my life and what I was doing and why I was doing it and, and to bring some structure to what I was doing. And yeah, I've improved massively under Spokes and Pav, my coach, you know, he's like a a brother, a mentor, a best friend, you know, we've got a really great relationship. Yeah. He's in California. Does that matter? No, we speak virtually every day, you know, on, on messages and, and stuff. So it's fantastic really. Uh, and as I say, you know, I've improved massively with, with having that additional structure uh, of having a coach. So I, I'd absolutely recommend um, just generally coaching to anyone, but, but spokes are great because they are truly personal uh, they take everything about you into account, your goals, your lifestyle, your work and family uh, commitments, and um, they build a plan that works for you. And that's that's what I liked, and that's what I bought into, and um, I think that's why it's worked for me. So, yeah, I think, I think, like I say, I've always been an advocate if you're going to do something as extreme as we are, and I will get a coach, and I have spoken to Pav um, briefly mm. about coaching through them. But, you know, there are other ones out there, I mean, we only know spokes. Yeah. Well, I know spokes through you. So that's how I kind of get in on that recommendation thing. And that Pav's a great guy. We've ridden with him when he came over to the UK. Um, he's yeah. always interactive on social media. He's always posting. And, and again, he is another ultra endurance cyclist. He's had his event cancelled this year, unfortunately, which was to set the fastest time across yeah. Route 66, I think. Yeah. And those kind of things yeah, happen. Was, but yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, coaching's great. I mean, I've had coaching in different sports for my years, and I think there's no way you get to the best without having a good coach that is your mentor. I mean, you only have to look at those that do really well, that their coaches stay with them. I mean, Floyd Mayweather's had the same coaches and people like that in other elite sports and golfers that keep their caddies for their entire, entire career sort of thing. And I think you need that, like you said, like a brother almost. It's like someone you can just mm. literally go to and go bounce off, or sister, if you've got a female coach, it must not be, um, you know... 
limit out there. I know, <laughs> but I know I, I've looked at spokes and I've looked at programs and I know they do a lot with yeah. mental training as well, um, which is yeah, going to be yeah. massive, especially for endurance events. You've literally, I mean, the amount of audios I got through listening to throwing for a desert on my own and that thing was just, I mean, I listened to David Goggins um, and the guy that did Ross Edgley that did the swim around swim around the UK. Yeah, I listened to those amazing. two. I mean, if you, if you want some, if you want some powerful influence, um, motivation, listen to their two books. I know he's got a new one coming out, but David Goggins, um, can't hurt me. Get the audio book. The book's great, but get the audio because it gives you something extra. Um, that's my one mm. recommendation of, of something if you want to listen to. Awesome. So goals, we're going to touch on goals quickly and then we'll wrap this yeah. up. So I know you've, our goals are changing. We always set goals. So do you, I'm a, I'm a person that writes goals down. So you went in my garage, my goals for yeah. 2020 are on the garage walls. I've got to take them down because none of them are going to ha- actually happen this year. But are you a person that visually has them with you? I, know. I looked up there the other day when I was riding, I was like, well, that's not happening. That's not happening. And that's not happening. Cause I, I set some time yeah. to one. So I want to do some short stuff, but do you write yours down or are you in the head and keep it? Or? I do. No, I do. I think, I think for me, I like having that plan I, and I like, um, I like knowing what I'm doing and what I'm building towards. So yeah, I, I not physically write them down, but I, ha- I have my own blog um, and I put them on there and that's, yeah, it's part for me and know what I'm doing, what I'm committing to, but also it's that accountability piece of uh, if I put them out there and I tell people that's what I'm going to do a bit like you said with, with Ram, I'm going to do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've committed to doing it and I'm going to do it. So yeah, definitely, definitely love a goal, love love the accountability of writing it down. I think that's a really powerful tool, and I think everyone should do it. Whatever, you know, whether that's just for your one day at work today, I'm going to commit to doing this, or your long term goals. I think yeah, powerful, do it. Yeah, I mean, I I've always had my goals, uh, vision boards, and goals in front of me. So when I was doing the Vegas ride in the garage, <clears throat> when I was training for that, that hundred kilometers and a hundred degrees in the garage which was just insane temperature i had the picture basically of the las vegas sign which was going to be my finish in front of me in a large print out and then i had the distances broke down and this year also my goals were set up distances um so i can see them so like i say so i know what i'm aiming for i i almost need that visual to say look you are doing this for this you're not just getting on the bike doing some numbers crawling it down i'm not a big numbers fan i'm more of a get on do it see what happens afterwards um which I know is going to change when I get coaching because it will be more numbers based. Um, but it's one of those things I need that visual. I need that kind of like, yeah. this is what you're aiming for. This is your goal. Yes. I was doing it for charity and that's massive to my heart to help, mm. to help children's charities. But I needed that sign to say, look, this is where you're finishing. You're finishing this Vegas yeah. sign, um, which if anyone's been there, the sign's not as big as you think it is neither. So it's not as impressive when you get there, <laughs> but that's, that, that was that kind of visual thing. So um, I'm big, like I said, big fan of goals in terms of everything, business, training daily life you know get up in the morning and write five things you're going to do for them to to do list don't call it to do list it, you know these are your five goals for the day um if it was mm-hmm. to keep the windows as clean as possible which i have done i've achieved that goal and i feel grateful for <laughs> having done that but um and that kind of thing and gratitude as well and i know you're a big fan of gratitude yeah. um every day just to be grateful that yeah. at least especially at this time that we can train indoors we have the ability to train mm-hmm. indoors um yeah I don't think you can buy a turbo trainer in the UK at the moment. I think every single one of them is sold out. Um, I think there's like the odd, really expensive ones that are left, but most of the um, mid-range to basic cycle trainers, you cannot buy for love the money because our cyclists have bought them all up for COVID. But yeah, so I'd like to thank Guy for coming on tonight. Uh, this is our second attempt at doing this. Fingers crossed this one works um, because <laughs> last time we had a bit of a technical failure, but um, I, I really appreciate you coming on, Guy. And those that want to follow Guy, your, Pleasure, your handle again is... 
It's Guy Stapleford underscore ultra on Instagram. On anything else, it's miles for wishes. Uh, because damn Facebook won't let me change my page. No, yeah, Facebook. You've got to go through, <laughs> through who's that. And on those pages, obviously, if you want to donate and follow Guy's story for his um, one he's doing this weekend, yes. the night, night thing for Suffer Fest, um, you can find a link on there and donate through there. So yeah. really appreciate you listening. Guy, I appreciate your time once again. And um, I look forward to seeing and riding with you soon. You too, buddy.